Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast on a beautiful, rational Tuesday, where it's going to be very hard to remain rational on this one. Hit that thumbs up for me on YouTube and subscribe. We have Ross Tucker coming on in about 10 minutes. It's Kevin. Let's bring Kevin Kincaid on. No need for an intro. It's going to be hard to be rational. They're 3-0. They're now the favorite to win the NFC, according to BetMGM. They're favorite in every game from now until the end of the season. I don't know how much we watched of the Cowboys-Giants game, but that was absolutely putrid for 45 minutes. Those teams don't look up the snuff. Uh, he laid Carson Wentz out nine freaking times. Kevin, give me your most rational take right now on the Eagles for the future. Oh man, that's like a hard one right off the I bat. I thought I thought it, I was actually go. I would go the opposite way. I would say I thought Rational Tuesday was going to be the. I thought this was going to be the easiest Rational Tuesday of all of all time. <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> no, there's no Negadelphia, right? I mean, no. you're saying you're saying it's difficult because everybody you don't want people to go overboard like with Positadelphia, right? Like pull yeah. pull them. We got to pull them back to the middle. Uh, that's like, what Rational Tuesday is all about. Okay. We got right. we have bad losses. We have good wins. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, okay, well then. Uh, Yes, the second. Okay, you would like to see them play a little bit better in the second half. The offense be a little bit better. What what how, what else can I say? Uh, sample size. They've only played three games. Carson couldn't have couldn't have been any worse in that game. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going negadelphia though. In, in yeah, the, I, in, I didn't want you to do that. I'm. Yeah. I feel like I'm putting you in a very precarious pr- yeah. position right Slow now. Slow and steady. I don't know. Let's let's be cautious here. Yeah, because you're forcing me to like pull it back to the middle when I don't really want to. I'm I'm great at pulling it back to the middle when people go negative, but when people are super positive, like yeah. I kind of think it's all warranted now. I mean, I haven't really seen anything that makes me like feel any concern about this team at least not in the division you know that game last night between the cowboys and the giants was drek you know i, I yeah. think the eagles are pretty easily going to run away with the division here for sure i don't know if i'll do all the super bowl stuff or whatever but uh hey that's probably the biggest topic here the second this like second half scoring or whatever like are they taking their foot off the gas i i, I don't know there's a lot of nuance that goes into some of that stuff but i'm doing the uh the data dive story right so this is the thing i'm going to do once a week and uh, just go into the sport radar data that we have and see what I can find um, to just help illustrate what they're doing, right? And so this is what I found, Pagan, with the point differential, the first half, second half topic. Are they are they taking their foot off the gas pedal, right? They are plus 51 in first half point differential, which is number one in the league by a large margin. I think the number two team is actually plus 31. Uh, they are negative 15 in second half point differential. That's 26th worst. They have 72 first half points scored, number one in the league, 14 second half points scored, which is fifth worst. Uh, time of possession in the first half, 17 minutes and 22 seconds. It's second best. Time of possession in the second half is 14 15, uh, which is 19th. So um, that's the raw data. How do you parse it? You know, it, it's it's different. I mean, there's a lot of context that goes into it because, I mean, what, what doesn't common knowledge say, like, hey, we're, we're playing with a lead? Yeah. Um, you know, let's control the game. Uh, you know, maybe we try to run the ball a little bit. Let's choose some clock. You know, I mean, like in the Vikings game, you know, I think they had the blocked kick. Uh, they had the the goofy, um, you know, screen screen pass that went for an interception. Some funky little misnomers, and then I think they're still moving the ball in the second half. Maybe not cashing in as much, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good problem problem to have. You just wonder, like, okay, it's going to bite them in the ass if they can't like extend these leads. You know, are they too? Are they too? 
bunchy. Like they get like super hot and they rip off like bang, 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 a couple scores in a row and then they cool off for a while. You know, I guess, I guess that's a way of saying like, are the highs too high and the lows too low? I don't know. I think it's a good problem to have, but do you have the you run pass ratio? It. It's okay if people feel that way, you know. Do you have the run pass ratio in the second half? Because I would feel like if there was more runs than there are passes, then they're not really trying to open up the playbook that much and maybe show people, you know, what else they really have. I mean, this is the optimist to me saying, yeah. hey, first of all, they haven't hit their ceiling yet uh, because they do need to uh, still finish in the second half. Uh, Jalen yeah. always says it. We left uh, money on the table. Um, yeah. And whatnot, and then for this, for the, I'd love to know what the the run pass ratio is. If you if you want to do your deep dive even further into that article yeah. you're writing for what it is in the second half, because you know, like I said, maybe they're not opening up the playbook. Maybe they are kind of like, hey, you know, we know these guys aren't good enough to come back. I mean, we Carson Wentz, we saw the Jason yeah. Kelsey jersey after the game. I mean, that thing had grass stains, <laughs> dirt stains all I over know. it. I mean, they I were know. never, they were never going to come back. Yeah. Um, so that'll no, be interesting. I could definitely, yeah, no, I mean, that's probably the next thing to look up, right? You know, how, right. How, how does playing with a lead affect the second half uh, play calling, you know? And like, is that philosophically the right thing? Look, I mean, if you're a team that's got Devontae Smith and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard and you can continue to gash teams and maybe, maybe that's the philosophy. Maybe you just keep chucking it, you know? Um, I think the other stat that I pulled here, let me pull it up here one second. They have the most, um, or actually, I'm sorry, they're tied for first with the most plays of 20-plus yards in the NFL. They have 15 plays of 20-plus yards. They have five plays of 40-plus, also tied for first. And then they have two plays of 50-plus, uh, of which is tied for second. But there's not a lot of of that. They're just three games in. So maybe that's it. I mean, maybe it's – maybe it's you, you go opposite of that and say, well, no, let's not run the ball. Let's not chew up call. Let's just keep piling up points. You know, and maybe that's, like, that's what you do. But, I mean, you're just watching that game, and it was like – you know, even when they weren't scoring in the second half, like I don't know about you, but not not once did I feel like Washington was ever in any position to to make a game out of it. No, not not at all. And um, barring that safety, I feel like that was the that was the only time where I was like, all right, this might be able to flip it on its head. Just just weird stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Where I feel like would be yeah. a classic Eagles. Eagles loss. You know, they. Can come I just back say real quick. I yeah. thought that because you mentioned that play specifically. I thought more. If you wanted, to, if you had to go negative, as I wear a typo negative shirt on the show, if you if you if you were going to pick just one like negative or concern about that game, I wouldn't even go with the second half point score. I would go with their short yardage play yeah. calls because they had that where they lined up Boston Scott like seven yards back on the goal line in their own goal line. They should have just sneaked it out of there and got gave themselves some breathing room. They had the shovel pass that didn't work out right. They also had the fourth down of. Jet uh, jet sweep, I guess you would call it, to Zach Pascal, right? So you're going <laughs> wide receiver four on a jet sweep, tight end two on a shovel pass that Jalen Hurts threw <laughs> threw with the wrong hand, actually. Um, and then you had the Boston Scott play. So there are actually three instances of like the short yardage play calling, you know, being pretty poor. But I, so I, I, if you had to pick something, if you forced me to go negative, I would, I would have focused I'm sorry. on those three things. You know? I put you in, I put you in a precarious position. Like I said, let's, let's go, <laughs> no, let's go I positive. Love everything. I love everything else. Oh you. yeah. Here we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll revert right before uh, Ross Tucker comes on in about a yeah. couple minutes. Yeah. Um, Jalen hurts. I mean, Michael Irvin is, he might've had it. Did you see the video of him on the Rich Eisen show? That was pretty fun. That yeah. might've been an exorcism. He went through like, that was an exorcism <laughs> of just like cleansing all the Dallas Cowboys fandom yeah. from his, uh, from his body, and uh, now he may be an honorary captain at an Eagles game this year. Did you see um, he lost his glasses? 
glasses too because somebody was yes. asking him on twitter like hey what happened to your glasses are you not wearing them anymore he said no i just forgot them. i can't see shit it was oh, he's no. fucking hilarious and then yesterday after they uh after they won after the cowboys won he gave an insane uh post-game speech uh into his phone from his workout room this is the sweatiest guy i've ever seen in my life Yes. Yeah, he does it, get very sweaty. It's, yeah. it, I mean, the yeah. spittle and the sweat that were on that phone. I mean, he must have a guy like Jerry Jones as a clean glasses guy that just yeah. follows him around and cleaning him stuff. But yeah. um, Colin Cowherd, he's comparing him to Josh Allen. He's comparing Jalen Hurst to Josh Allen. If you do kind of look at the three-year trajectory, it's kind of yeah. pretty similar. It's pretty interesting to see. Um, very I really different college. Right now. Very different college paths with those guys, yeah. but yeah. And yeah, then Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's he started slow on Sunday in the first half and still finished with 279 passing yards in the first half. I mean, he's answering every single question. He can't throw the deep ball. That's right now. We can't say that's, that's true because like you said, yeah. they have five plays of 40 plus yards in second. He leaves the pocket too early to run. He only had 26 and a half rush yards, uh, yeah. 26, sorry, rush yards on, uh, on, on Sunday. Um, you know, and they won by 16 points and then he's inaccurate and you look at his percentages right now and it's up six points, it's up 15 points since 2020. I mean, he's got a top 10 completion percentage in the league right now while leading the league in yards per attempt at 9.4. Like crazy. Just can't, just can't do the, can't be Negadelphia today. And, and I'm sorry, once again, I want to apologize once again for putting you in that precarious <laughs> position. That was wrong. No, no, no. But, but it's funny because you've actually, you mentioning that it's funny because yeah, he didn't have to use his feet as much you know in this game so we've kind of defeated that one narrative that kind of crept crept in there from the first game hey is he running too much is he fleeing the pocket too much is he you know going one read and then i'm out you know mm -hmm. like he, he dialed that back you know progressively each game you know so it's less about him uh you know it's funny to think that like probably the under it's probably going to hit the under on his rushing yards for the next couple games because you know, as long as you've got Devontae Smith going up and high-pointing the ball like a maniac and A.J. Brown able to, to go up and make plays or whatever and him, him getting the protection that he's getting, it's funny because he's just not – he just looks like a much more comfortable in the pocket. I know where my guys are going to be. You know, it's crazy, man, to watch it because the Eagles really haven't had a guy who will go up and just attack the ball like Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown, like both of them on the team at the same time. They haven't had a single guy like that pro pro probably since 2017, Alshon. Yeah. Right? Like, like before, like, you know, before the before the injury, right? I mean, like some of the catches he was making when, oh, he, was yeah. when he was healthy, you know? Like, man, that's what we were saying, you know, because they had some small guys, some speedy guys who could do some stuff, but they, they didn't have like a like a, like a Mike Evans type you know, like go up and just just toss me a back shoulder ball and I'm going to go up and get it, you know. So for 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 Devontae, ironically, who people were questioning, like, is he big enough to play in the NFL? He's going up and making like like possession receiver catches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's probably the best. Yeah. And I mean, I know this is Rational Tuesday. I don't want to get <laughs> like too far ahead of myself here. But the, the, they right now are on a trajectory to be the best one-two receiver tandem that they've had at least since Macklin and Deshaun had that that big year, that big combo year together, you know, yeah. cause I mean, going, going past that, I mean, you'd have to go back to like probably Harold Carmichael. T.O. Todd Pinkston. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's fine. Cause everybody, you know, everybody, you know, has revisionist history when it comes to, uh, you know, Todd Pinkston and James Thrasher or whatever. But yeah. That one T.O. and Pinkston year. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. But it's crazy. It's just crazy how, how comfortable Jalen looks out there when you've got like weapons all over the field, then what do you do? You know? Yeah. All right. Well, Ross Tucker just got in. 
host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Let's bring him in, Ross Tucker. If you don't know who it is, I just said it four times, so maybe pay attention more to the show. Ross, <laughs> how are you, man? How's everything going? Thanks for coming on. Kyle, I'm great. Thank you for having me, Kevin. What's up? And yes, just keep, the more you say my name, the better. It's like branding, so just keep saying it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, the, it's like the Joe Cordell commercials when we finally got him on the show. I just heard Joe Cordell over and over and over and over again. So I knew that if I was uh, ever getting divorced, I knew which lawyer I would be calling. So rep- repetition in marketing certainly works. I think we can say that. You know? Yeah, I think that on my podcast, the first advertiser I ever got was State Farm. And I think I was like, well, wait a minute, do I get do I get money like every time I say State Farm? How, how does this work? This is a long time ago. So I was almost like Wayne's worlding it. You know, I'd be like, and that's why Jalen Hurts, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, State Farm, has just played so well. <laughs> the craziest thing about that, this is like 2011. I went over to London to call a Rams-Patriots game, okay? Hmm. And – they have like a opening, they have like a celebration there in Trafalgar Square, which kind of like the Times Square in the United States. Yeah. There was like 30,000 people there. And this guy I know, Neil Reynolds from the UK, Sky Sports, he had me MC the event with him. So I'm up on a stage, like 30,000 people. I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> and there was at least 10 people that held up State Farm signs. Yeah. Because I had just gotten my first sponsor. So that was like their way to be like, yo, I'm I, I'm a listener, right? No so way. I talked to them afterwards. I signed like a couple autographs on like their board. There's no State Farm in, in England. There's no such thing. <laughs> like they, they, they don't even know what State Farm is. They just knew that I said it on the podcast. It was amazing. So you got international uh, uh, listeners in your uh, in your podcast audience. Yeah, you know why? Because back in the day, especially – so I totally lucked out on the whole podcast thing because I retired. I was writing for Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and then ESPN gave me a bunch more money to write for them rather than Sports Illustrated. I was like, okay, cool. And then ESPN said, "Hey, will you host our um, will you host our our football podcast?" I'd be like, "Sure, dude, I would love to." Literally had no idea what a podcast was. <laughs> this is like 2009, maybe. So I do their podcast for three years. We're getting big numbers, and then I went out on my own. Uh, with the Ross Tucker football podcast. So anyway, back then, you know, in the UK, people were loving NFL, but they don't like, they don't have WIP to listen to. And even back then radio stations weren't like, you couldn't listen to it internationally like that. They didn't all have their own streaming or their own app or whatever. So anybody international, especially if they wanted to listen to anything American football, they had to listen to the my podcast. So, yes, we have a bunch of inter- international listeners, actually. Nice. nice. You, Rogan, Bill Simmons, the, the trailblazers of the podcast industry. <laughs> yeah, and those guys have made, like, tens of millions of dollars. Keep, keep grinding, Ross. Uh, keep grinding. But yeah, no, in all sincerity, like, yes, Simmons and Rogan for sure. And those are the only two people. You know who else? Um, Adam Carolla. You guys know that guy, Adam Carolla? Remember, remember, yeah. He was the other guy that was big in podcasting. When I kind of first got started, now obviously everybody has a podcast. Thank God I got in like eight years before everybody else did. Because if I just tried to start one now, it's hard, man. There's a lot of people doing it. It's hard. Hand, hand up right here. <laughs> yeah, but you guys have a good audience. You guys are growing. That's one of the things, a couple of things I wish I had done. One is I wish I had done something local earlier. Because if you're going to like get on-demand audio – 
do you want me talking about the whole NFL or do you want to just like hear about your team? Right. So if I had to do it over again, I would start an Eagles podcast like 10 years ago. And also I would do a podcast that's not time sensitive. Cause like Mondays, yeah. people love my pot. Like I'm, ha- I'm very happy with it. People love the different shows. It's 30 minutes, less 30 minutes or less every day. Keep you updated on the NFL. But Monday's show, I just say everything I thought about the NFL games. Well, by Wednesday, nobody cares. No, you know, so um, evergreen, evergreen podcast yes. is where it's yes. at. Ross, if you ever want to want to be a recurring guest on this podcast, you let us know. All right, we'll we'll fill you in. You know about getting guests. Guests suck to get. So, <laughs> well, not only do guests suck to get, but then, well, there's a couple of different parts of it, right? So it's so annoying to have to text them. Can you do this? Are you free? Mm-hmm. No, I can do this time. And then I have a producer. Then I got to text my producer. Are you good at this time? Like I'm the middleman and we're just going back and forth, back and forth. That I can live with. When you finally get the guy and then he doesn't show up, that I can't that I can't live with. That because yeah. like my my contract, right? Like I have to do one every day. Like so it's like yeah. and it's 30 minutes. So it's if I if I lose my 15 to 20 minute guest, it's like oh, oh what am I doing now? How much, how much like would you say? And not not just the podcast, but everything that you're doing in media. How much of it is logistics and prep compared to like the actually doing what you're doing? That's a good question. Um, college football is a ton of prep. Yeah. Like I'm doing Georgia State at Army on Saturday. So like this is the Georgia State too deep. Right. Nice. So I got to memorize all these kids names and numbers yeah. for Saturday that I'll probably never use again the rest of my life. Who should right? who so should like, the people be uh, be looking for when they when they uh, watch Georgia State Army on Saturday? What's that? Who should the people be looking for on Georgia State or Army? They should be on looking Saturday? for whoever the running back is because that game's probably going to have like 70, <laughs> 75 combined uh, rush rushing attempts. Both those teams will be running the football a lot. Although Army's actually thrown it a little bit more this yeah, okay. year. All right. All right. Um, I love Army, dude. I love Army. So first of all, like. Their games are over by three. Th- I do every Army home game. They're in- yeah. game- wow. They run the ball every play, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So okay. I'm at my house with a beer before seven, which is amazing. <laughs> um, I love honoring these kids that yeah. – can you imagine, by the way, yeah. being 17 and you have like 14 scholarship offers and you sign up to yeah. be in the military for the next nine years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like in awe of these kids. Plus, I just love – everybody else in college football – runs the same offense. Like, it's the yeah. spread, shotgun, zone read, RPO. Army at least – like, for an offensive lineman, RP, yeah. Army at least has something different that's interesting. How the much? fullback, <laughs> who I love, is 5'11 and a half, 273. <laughs> and it's just amazing. Like, to me, like, that's football. Would you yeah, – yeah, you, you, were, you were an offensive lineman. I mean, would you have loved to just run block and, and you know, go a guy's legs for 70 – you know, for every single snap of the game? Yeah, because I kind of sucked, Kevin, as a one-on-one pass pro. <laughs> like that. Like I would have. I'll give an example. After my rookie year in Washington, mm-hmm. Marty Schottenheimer said, "I think there's a decent chance you could start next year." So I was going to mm-hmm. start my second year for Washington, and we had led the NFC in rushing that year with Stephen Davis in 01. Yeah. Marty Schottenheimer just liked to pound the rock, little play action, perfect <laughs> for me. They fired him like the next day. Yeah. And brought yeah. in Steve Spurrier. 
And I started all five preseason games. We played a preseason game in Osaka, Japan. I started all five preseason games. We threw the ball like 40 times a game out of an empty set. Like even John Jansen and Chris Samuels were getting beat. I was like, this is nuts. I can't block Bryant Young and like Corey Simon. I I, I can't. Nobody's that good to one-on-one pass pro 40 times a game. So I got benched because I was the new guy who hadn't proven myself yet. But there's like another scenario. There's another world where Dan Snyder isn't a moron and he keeps Marty Schottenheimer and yeah. I go on to start like years for the Redskins. But didn't didn't Spurrier, wasn't he coming off that like Florida year? Didn't he have like Danny Werfel or something? Yeah, and, I'm looking at it right now. In 2002, you blocked for Shane Matthews, Patrick Ramsey, and Danny Werfel in one season. <laughs> well, yes. yeah, because he was not only that, that. Yeah. he signed um, Jock, Jacquez Green, um, Chris Doring. I'm trying to think who was the guy, not Ike Hill. I don't think we had Ike Hill here, but we had the other one, something Taylor, another Florida receiver. I'm not joking. We had like four Florida receivers, two Florida quarterbacks, <laughs> but Spurrier's by far the worst. I had nine head coach in the NFL, yeah. by far the worst I ever had. I mean, I could, yeah. I could literally, I'll come on again. Like I could just tell Spurrier stories the whole time. We had no hot reads. Yeah. No sight adjusts. Like yeah. he just expected the quarterback to make a play. We had two protections, and and I'm literally playing right guard against the Steelers. They're bringing Mike and Sam. They run a three four. They're bringing the Mike linebacker and the Sam linebacker every play. Mm-hmm. Stephen Davis blocks one of them. The other one just obliterates Werfel or Shane Matthews. And James Ferry was like, "Tuck, what do you guys have? Two protections?" I said, "Yeah." Yeah, that's exactly. We have, we have two projections. Yes. Easy playbook, though, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the positive, Kyle. That was the positive for sure. I, I do want to ask you because we did just play the commanders. What's the line of demarcation between like bad O line play and a QB holding on to the ball too much, a la Carson Wentz getting sacked nine times on Sunday? Yeah, so I, I tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL. To me, Four of those, at least four of those. I'll I'll be conservative. I would say four of those, in my mind, are 100% on Carson Wentz. Like, watch him again and then ask yourself, a good quarterback, how many times would they have been sacked on those plays, right? Like, now, I will say this. In fairness to him, the first two were legit. The first two, Sweat had a really nice move around the edge and got him around the legs. The second one, Fletcher Cox hit him right in the mouth on the bull rush. So I think Carson got a little bit jittery. He probably was already in his head about playing the Eagles, uh, you know, for the first time. Because the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, those three, he has to get rid of the ball, dude. Like, he has to get rid of the ball. And I've been I've been in those situations. You know, when I played, I always feel so old when I say that, but back in my day, <laughs> like, I used to watch the Colts or the Patriots, and I'd be so jealous because Brady and Peyton would get rid of the ball so quickly and they or they'd like move just a little bit like okay your guy beat you but stay on him yeah and he, they would just slide a little bit throw it no sack and I'm seeing I'm watching these guys get like contract extensions I'm like oh my gosh I'm as good as that guy I know I'm as good as that guy yeah. meanwhile um when I was in first seven games I started in Dallas in 02 Chad Hutchinson was our quarterback Okay, and he was not like Brady or Manning. Shout out to Chad. I was a groomsman in his wedding. Nice. Um, then in Buffalo, we had Bledsoe, 
Love Drew. Awesome guy. Would always pay the tab. He gave us the best Christmas gifts ever. But Drew was a statue who would hold the ball for a while. And my biggest thing that frustrated me, he would – and by the way, Drew's like a way better football player than I was. So if, if you guys cut this clip and post it, Drew, like I know. Whatever. We'll give so, you the full context though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, you won't. So anyway, um <laughs> not at all. Drew would watch himself get sacked. I can't say that when a quarterback like sees the offensive lineman gets beat and like looks at the lineman was like, oh my gosh, Ross got beat. I'm gonna get sacked now. Let me burrow. No, 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 dude. Please just throw it. Just throw it on the ground. Just throw it to somebody. Please throw the ball away or get rid of it. So anyway, um, it it makes a huge difference. The way way I would answer that is I've always felt – this is probably the offensive line bias in me, right? But I've always felt like sacks are much more of a quarterback stat than people realize. Okay. Speaking of that, by the way, we haven't talked about this enough. Like we meaning people, Eagles fans. Have, do you guys realize how much time Jalen has had to throw the ball the last two games? Yes. Yeah, it's like embarrassing for the Vikings and Commanders D-lines. Like, yeah. compare how much time Wentz had. Then watch Hurts. He he literally has, like, four seconds, and there's no one within his space. Like, there's no one violating his throwing mm-hmm. the football space. Yeah. I don't know if they can keep that up, but they have the best O-line of football, and I think that's been a huge reason for his success is he just – he feels so comfortable. Why would you not when you know you have I, – I can't remember maybe once an offensive lineman has actually, like, gotten beat for a sack. Now, they had some mental errors against the Lions where they just let yeah, guys come free because they blocked the wrong dude. Yeah, But in terms of actual – like, once they block their guys, yeah. they've been – Really good so far. Like 1v1 one v, one v one win percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what I found most interesting, Ross, is when you go back and you look at all nine sacks and everybody did the reel where they put all the sacks together on yeah. one video clip, right? Thank you to everybody for doing that. Um, I, I counted them out. They they sacked him seven times with just a four-man rush, you know? And the oh, other, yeah. yeah. And the other two times they sent TJ Edwards, and I think he got him once or whatever. But they weren't, they weren't even really doing – anything schematically and actually dave if you want to pull up that um image that i sent you i can talk about that but they weren't really doing anything like you know crazy in terms of throwing throwing pressure at him it was so here's one of them can can you see that all right ross yeah i got it great yeah Yeah, five man front yeah right so it's kind of like you know they got kind of like a you know bear looking frontish there but they got jordan davis as a as a one technique right you got your two defensive tackles on the side but this was a play actually where they sacked him because they just brought Hassan Reddick off the one edge, and then they ju- just dropped the other guy off into coverage. So they showed five, and then they only rushed four, but they were get they were getting to him with just basic stuff. You know, I, I mean, I didn't see uh, you know from the untrained eye here, I didn't see them doing anything super crazy with that. But they weren't even they weren't even running stunts or twists. No, it was it was literally just straight rush, and guys were winning. Right, like Hargrave beat Norwell once for a sack. Sweat beat Leno. Um, Cox beat Trey Turner, the right guard. Um, the, the right tackle for them really struggled. Cosme struggled against yeah. Reddick and Brandon Graham. He probably gave up a couple of them. But, yes, I would say that that was highly encouraging because 
that's not a bad offensive line the commanders have. Like they're they're probably around league average. Mm-hmm. So to be able to beat them that badly, now listen, a, a a better quarterback probably only gets sacked four or five times, but I'll take four or five sacks every game right now if we could get it. Definitely. Uh, so Ross, we only have you for a couple more minutes. Um, can yeah, we I got to do, do my hour with Joe and John on uh, on WIP. Tuesday's my hour. Oh, nice. With, uh, nice. On the midday show. Nice. Um, can we do our three best Berks County athlete draft? So Yeah, are you in on this? Where are you I'm from? in on this. I'm from Lansdale, but I've, I've done my research. I've done Did my you research. You're a Lansdale Catholic or North Penn? Lansdale Catholic, baby. Me, Joe Judge. That's really it. So my uh, my sophomore year, my high school, why I'm missing, we played at Lansdale Catholic and beat you. What year? My, uh, that would have been 1994. Uh, we were 2004 then, state champions. That's the only year we recognize at LC. What's that? We were only 2004 state champions at LC. That's the only year we recognize in LC football. It hasn't been that and, great. And you year. know, uh, LC football, you know who the star of that team was? R.C. Lagomarsino. Oh, R.C. Lagomarsino. He, he went yeah, to he Princeton. Was, he ended yeah, up going oh, to Princeton. He did go to Princeton, yeah. We actually sent a couple guys to Princeton. We sent a guy, we sent a running back uh, a couple uh, maybe a couple years ago to Princeton too. Small guy. Um, so set, anyone set some rules? Set some rules here, Peg. I'm yeah, going to yeah, pick, yeah. pick three athletes each, and we'll just do it. Do it random. Who goes first? Oh three, wow! I didn't know yeah. there was that many involved. I don't know. Okay, I got to go deep in my your producer. My I, I reached out to your producer and said, "Hey, I want to make sure. I want to make sure Ross is prepped on this." No, so, I, I thought it was just me against Kevin. I didn't know you were in on this, Kyle. Like uh, I, I have enough for six, but maybe not nine. I have yeah. nine. I only have. I wrote nine. down. I did a big board, and I wrote down nine to make sure we had three, mm-hmm. three each for everybody. So, all right, all right, right. so, right. so who, we'll have Ross. We'll have Ross go first. It'll be okay. a snake. So it'll then be me. Then it will be Kevin, and then it'll Kevin for two, and come back around. All right. So Ross, okay. you have the number one overall pick. Okay. Ooh, this is interesting because I I'm going to save one guy that I think you guys might not get. So I'm going to start with the number one overall pick. I'm going to give it to my boy, Kerry Collins, uh, because <laughs> like 15 years in the NFL, got drafted twice in baseball, and I watched him play in the county championship basketball against a guy that I'm pretty sure is going to get drafted soon in this draft we're doing right now. So uh, number one overall pick, Kerry Collins. Kerry Very Collins. humble of yourself not to pick your own self. You're on, um, you're on the clock, Pagan. Yeah, can you pick Ross? Can we pick Ross? We anyone can be picked. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Okay. Um, I actually wrote down Ross twice in my list, so now I have eight. <laughs> fuck. Um, Wayne Ellington uh, was at I Wayne think, Ellington. Yeah, he was. He Daniel went to, Boone in ninth grade. Yeah, good call. Good call, Kyle. I think he's a national championship. Uh, Shout champion out Birdboro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, former. Former no, that was Charlie Henderson. They always get them two mixed up because they were teammates at Episcopal. Go ahead, Kev. Tar Heel. Okay, so I get I get number three and number four here. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go back old school. I don't Pagan, you've definitely never heard of him, but Ross, do you remember Lenny Moore? Oh, that was the one I was saving. Do I remember Lenny Moore? No, I don't remember Lenny Moore. He's before we were even born, but he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, I know, I know. Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was uh, Baltimore Colts back in the 50s and 60s, but he was like a That was the player. one I specifically didn't take because of that. Yeah, you probably thought we were too young to remember any of that. Well, I, I'm almost too young to remember, but I, I know my Reading history, so I try to try to remember my Reading history. Penn State guy too, went to Penn State. Yeah, that's right. Reading it. Yeah, number four, I got to uh, I got to shout out my hometown of Boyertown. Uh, I'm gonna go with two time Super Bowl winning fullback James Devlin, Jimmy. D. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, D. I love it. The he was not on my Wikipedia that. list. What's well, that? Here's the, here's the technicality. Okay, Jimmy is from Gilbertsville. But Gilbertsville kids go to Boyertown. 
So technically he, he didn't grow up in Berks County, but he went to a Berks County high school. So I'm going to claim him for Berks County because he went to Boyertown. See, That's technically, exactly right. technically yeah. Kerry Collins went it, to Lebanon High School, which is not in Berks County. It's in Lebanon County, but we'll let you have Kerry Collins. Who? Kerry Collins. Didn't he go to Lebanon High School? Till his sophomore year, then he transferred to Wilson. Wilson. Is Wilson Berks County? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, I love that Jim, Jimmy Devlin was Jimmy when he went to Boyertown. He was Jimmy at Brown. And then when he went to the NFL, he became James, James Devlin, which James I always bust his yeah. chops about. I've only ever known him as Jimmy D, though. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, you're up, Bob Pagan. All right, I'm going to fill out my quarterback, uh, Chad Henney. Uh, oh, the great Chad Henney from Michigan uh, spurred Penn State. I know that was real big news when he was coming out of high school. Should have beaten Baker Mayfield. Uh, no, did beat Baker Mayfield in the playoffs a couple years ago. Shout out Chad Henney. Yes, he did. Yeah, he, did. he got in that game for, for the Pat Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So that was another one I was going to take. All right. Well, I'm going to go. It's me now back to back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So I am going to go with the sixth pick. The other guy that played in that county championship basketball game, Danielle Marshall. Oh, Danielle Marshall. Who played like 18 years in the NBA. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was actually a UConn fan because of him. There's this weird yeah. dynamic. It only happens with Reading High basketball. Yeah. Where all the other schools in Berks County, you're all kind of a fan of Reading High's basketball. Like that doesn't happen like – Nobody yeah. else is a fan of Wilson football or why missing football. That doesn't, that doesn't, no. people aren't like, oh, I love Boyertown baseball. No, we hate <laughs> Boyertown baseball because they're good and they beat you. But yeah. for some reason, it's like Reading High. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, we can't beat these guys. So let's just cheer for them. They're awesome. They're Danielle. Yeah. Danielle was sick in college too. I think he was like the big East player of the year when, oh, he, yeah. was a, when he was at UConn in the 90s, like 94. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marshall. With my next pick. Um, there's a lot of ways I could go here. I won't say the names till the end, but I'm going to go with myself. Damn it. Because Ross I don't want stops. it to be awkward if you guys don't pick me <laughs> in the eighth or ninth spot. So I'm taking the, I'm putting the awkwardness on my shoulders of picking right. myself. Right. And this is primarily on the strength of having 24 three pointers and being the point guard at 6'4", 250, my senior year of high school. I was a crazy late bloomer. I sucked down low. So, like, I all I could do was dribble and shoot, which was hilarious then because why I'm missing the small school, and I'm, like, breaking the press, draining threes. Anyway, me, Ross Tucker, 7'4", yeah, 250, man, on the three-point three line. You were – you were a stretch four before a stretch four Modern was even real. Stretch four, yeah. You know, in all sincerity, like if you ever ask my high school or college friends, like they'll be like, your buddies with Ross Tucker? Like, was he just a sick athlete? They all say the exact same thing, which is like my college buddies would be like, well, he was 290 and he was the quarterback. I mean, he was the point guard of our intramural basketball team. Like that's, <laughs> they always reference the basketball when they say, about me playing in the NFL or whatever. Yeah, multi-sport athlete. Um, I'm going to go with my last pick. Um, Ross, I don't think you really know about this athlete, but he's actually burst onto the scene recently. Uh, Kevin Kincaid from the Eagles charity game. Uh, you probably, I don't know if you've seen the highlight. He took it. He took the ball at the Eagles charity game. He hit the hole, shook some guy out of his shoes completely, flipped into the end zone. I'm going to take Kevin Kincaid out of Boyertown. 
I didn't see it. I need to see that, Kev. Dave, if you I get know. a chance, pull that up. It's, it's yeah, Kevin's. It. It's Kevin's pinned tweet, so you'll yeah, find it pretty I know. easy. I'm that guy who pinned it to the top of my page because I like, love it. I, Absolutely, I, you should do that. I gotta preserve it just to show people. Like I, at one point in my life, I did kind of have it, you know. So um, I appreciate that, Pagans, for real. You're welcome. Man. He's All my right, boss me... too, Ross. So yeah, um, <laughs> I was actually honorable mention soccer for all county. So I'll take an honorable mention. I was a late bloomer, you know. I was like of a multi sport athlete. Boyertown's more of a soccer school. Yeah. You should transfer to Ole or Fleetwood for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have made the team automatically because I think there's only like 12 dudes available to play high school sports in those towns. Like they, your Ole's, your Fleetwoods, your uh, your Toptons, your Shartlesville, you know. So here we go. Go. here's Kevin Kincaid yeah. getting a handoff. Comes around the corner. Watch this guy right here. Bang. Oh, <laughs> what a terrible idea and a great way to tear your ACL. Yeah, That's like what getting Albert Kamara in the fourth idea. round right there. <laughs> so that's now pinned to the top of my, my Twitter page. You'll stay there for the rest of eternity, you know? All right, Kev, um, you got the last one. Yeah. Oh, I could go two ways here. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, with, with Lonnie Walker. Um, it's a good one. Know, yeah, you know, drafted by the Spurs. I think he's playing for somebody else now, though. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, he signed yeah. with the Lakers. He took yeah. less money to go to the Lakers. Yeah, it was, for me, it was down to Lonnie Walker. And actually, there's another Boyertown person who's worth a shout-out. Do you, you guys remember Nicole Barnhart at all? Do you remember that no. name, Ross? No. She, played, she went to Boyertown. She played for the United States women's national team. I think she played 54 games, and she was, um, she was Hope Solo's backup for a long time like she was the number two goalkeeper really for, for the national team yeah Nicole i don't know how i never heard that that's awesome yeah, yeah. so <laughs> shout out to her for sure um all right so we got the whole thing written so it was kerry collins number one wayne ellington lenny moore jimmy devlin chad henny danielle marshall ross tucker kevin kincaid and uh lonnie walker that's a great draft of what a great draft of burks county athletes man Pin that one we'll there's something we missed john gilmore played 10 years in the nfl yeah. alex anzalone from why missing still playing yeah, yeah. on the yeah. wait that guy from the uh the lines yeah the guy that hit hurts after he hit it the yeah. guy with the long hair he's a why missing kid yeah i knew yeah. him since he was dirty like ass why missing kid five years old <laughs> yeah yeah Jeez, ross let me crazy. ask you let me just ask you one more real quick you're doing um you're doing WIP. You're doing the Eagles pregame show. You've got you're doing the podcast. Like you got your hands in a lot of different stuff here. I mean, what, what's like, um, what's the end game for you? Do you like like dabbling in a lot of different things, or would you ever consider doing something full time for WIP or for an, for another local station? Or what's what's kind of what, what do you want? Yeah, to do no, there? great question. I guess I would answer. I'm I'm open to anything. Um, probably my favorite thing to do is call games. Like it's just so fun, man, to be at a game and whether it's NFL on the radio or college TV. So I'd love to move up the ranks um, calling games, but that's hard to do. I got a few, uh, I guess I'll call them strikes against me, you know, not a big name, retired a while ago, played O-line, uh, but I love doing games. You can tell when I do the preseason games, I just, I have a blast doing the games. Not even blowing smoke up your ass. I told this to Kevin. I said, I, I love you on the preseason games. You make me laugh and, well, and what's so funny about it, like, that's, if you ask any of my buddies, like, they'll be, that's just how he is. Like, people are like, oh, you know, he, he, does he really have that much energy? Does he really love football that much? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how I always am. Every, like, watch, watch Army Georgia State Saturday. Like, that's just how I am. And then um, I will say this when I'm on in Philly, Kev, it's, it doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. podcast kind of feels like work. Yeah. A lot of stuff I do feels like work. 
But when I'm on WIP, like I, I'm filling in for Angelo every Wednesday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., mm-hmm. it doesn't even feel like I'm working. Like when I'm talking Philly sports, it's like I'm just talking to my friends, the stuff I was talking about since I was eight years old, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, big fan of doing anything in the Philly area, WIP, whatever it is. It's been, it's been a blast. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Well, thank Speaking you so of much. much for, I got to roll right now for a yeah. paid gig. Go right ahead. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much man. for. Uh, See you, dude. Hey, anytime. Honestly, anytime. Big fan of what you guys do. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. All right. That was Ross right. Tucker, uh, host of the Ross Tucker. I almost forgot that. It's the Ross Tucker football podcast uh, on the Ross Ross Tucker podcast network. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. We didn't get into them with. Uh, with Russ um, or Ross, this we can't have a Russ and we can't have a Ross. Yeah, not Russ Joy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. One played in the NFL for seven years. The other one is an Eagles reporter. Is a yeah, is a fantasy football manager for seven years. Um, this this kind of went under the radar, and I, I didn't see it until late last night. Um, it looks like Howie and. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie are preparing a contract extension for Jalen Hurts, according to Jeff McLean. Jeff McLean kind of buried it in his oh. uh, in his game recap. Um, oh, really? I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even see I, that. Cause yeah, I, um, I, I don't have the quote on me right now, but it was like as as Sirianni prepares for the day to day operations, there are thoughts that Jeffrey yeah. Lurie and mm-hmm. uh, Howie Roseman are preparing for a contract extension. Well, when Howie and Jeffrey aren't telling the coaches what plays to run. What do you think about that? I know you wrote about that. I didn't really get into it. Well, it didn't really become like a huge, huge story, but it seemed like something that was kind of like if we weren't three and zero right now, it would be a much major story. Everybody loves the conspiracy theory stuff, don't they? I think you have to take things a little bit more at face value, though. I think Occam's razor is a good thing to believe in. You know, the simplest explanation is probably the most true. You know, I'm sure he's he sits there, and I'm I'm you know every owner, everybody who runs anything wants to have a say in it. I don't think that Jeffrey Lurie is, is half as bad as like a Jerry Jones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, think every, I think every owner probably wants to have some sort of involvement or whatever. Howie Roseman, I don't think he's telling him like, Hey, let's run a, you know, a wham block here and go, you know, you know, 42 dive. Right. I don't think he's saying that, but I think he's like, you know, there's been reporting in the past to say that like, okay, they want to throw the ball. You know, or they want to do this, or they want to do that, like macro stuff. You know, this is what mm-hmm. we want philosophically. I don't think he's in there like with the, like Andy Reid scripting the first 10, 10 plays, you know, telling him, telling him uh, what to run, you know. But that's interesting. I don't, I mean, yeah, because Jalen's in the last, uh, yeah, he was a second round draft pick. So he's in his last year. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I thought we had right? one more year with him. Fuck. Well, because, or, 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 I'm sorry, they have the point. I guess the point I'm trying to make is they only, they get one less year one of team less. control. Yeah. Because it usually for, be five, right? And now these are second rounder. It's four. Yes, yeah, so this is. Uh, yeah, this is four. Four. Yeah, yeah. This is no. This is third. Sorry, this, this is, is third. third. Next year's gonna be, So they want to get him extended before his last. Yeah. 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 Um, two schools of thought on this. Too early or kind of like discount? Would he would he give him a discount? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, is is Hertz going to be making forty six million dollars? Like assuage any concerns now, and take take care of a guy while he's playing well. You know, and keep him in a good mindset, you know, reward him, right? I mean, I, I, because, you know, if it drags on a little bit longer, like you don't want him to feel uh, unappreciated, I guess, maybe. I don't think he's the type of guy who would, who would be like that anyway. But yeah, I mean, he deserves his payday sooner rather than later. If it's 46 million, that's a, 
that's a discount right there. If it's fifty million, you could argue it's a discount. I know no one's really getting paid fifty million right now, but in, you've seen it. I mean, when uh, I'm trying to think, someone got paid. I think Kirk Cousins got paid forty million. That's nothing nowadays. That's what Dak's getting, yeah. and, and that's and that's on the low end. It's of, so of tough, though, man, because when they got these guys on your team control, I mean, look at the 2017 Super Bowl year when Carson was making peanuts, you know? I mean, you're able to build a different roster when the quarterback isn't eating up like 20% of your salary cap or 15% of your salary cap, you know? So I, it's hard, but they prepare for these kinds of things. So, I mean, he's certainly earned it through three games. I don't, I don't have any Jalen Hurts questions remaining. Do you? No. No. <laughs> he really he's really answered all of them and I I'm shocked to think that like he's answered all of them this quickly. Like I mean, yeah. You we talked about it with uh with the whole Michael Irvin like quote thing like the dude is just on the field off the field off the field he's probably the perfect quarterback you could build between yeah. the years. Um, you know, everything. And and that's why I feel like this team is just so different. They feel like a 2017 team with the bat cape and stuff and, and the, the veterans on the team and stuff. And it doesn't feel like any game. I think I said this last week where they're not going to sneak up on people, but they're not going to get snuck up on. Like they could be playing, you know, the three and 13, you know, uh, commanders. I don't think they're going to take them easy because they have so much veterans on their team. This may be true. I, I don't remember for the life of me. I cannot remember off the top of my head how it, you know, how it's, you know, a, a second round draft pick versus a first round draft pick. I think the first round quarterbacks are eligible for extension earlier than the, so. than the second round guys. That, that's that's a good shout, Justin. I don't I don't remember. I can't remember. Regardless of when they when they can do it, they should do it. Like like they should do it on the very first day they can do it because it's just. You know, I mean, I mean, he's he's earned it. You know, take care of yours. You know, it's funny too, man, about like the Carson Wentz thing. People say people talk about him holding on to the ball too long, or yeah, just not being any good anymore. And and that's true. But like, even in that 2017 year, man, you remember, like he would he would do heroics in the pocket, man, and he would like escape guys, and he'd do some some big Ben Roethlisberger type of shit where he just used his big frame to kind of shrug guys off, duck under tackles, you know, kind of squirt out and make some plays on the, on the run. And he, he, it's not even you know, that, that compounds it, man, because it's not only that he's holding on to the ball too long and he's letting guys get to him, but he can't get away from them when they get there. He didn't shrug off like a single tackle on Sunday. Did he? Like he didn't escape the pocket really. I mean, tried to step up once, but like he just looks one dimensional in addition to, to being, you know, like slow of 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 foot and mind, yeah. you know, it, it, I don't it would be interesting that to know because that's because his legs were were a big thing back oh, in the yeah. day, you know. Yeah, be, I mean, the only one I can think of him taking off running was when Fletcher Cox tackled him uh, at, at the two yard line. Yeah, um, that was the only long run I feel like he had. But you're exactly right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, kind of, you know, as things come out, as his as his post playing career comes out, it's like how injured he really was after 2017, 2018, yeah. 2019, just getting absolutely rocked. And he doesn't even have to be like a. He doesn't have to be able to take off for 10 yards, you know, but just like to show some some strength and like maneuverability in the pocket. Like, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't taking off for 25 yard games, but he would hang in there. He'd have like a dude climbing up on his legs and he'd still get rid of the ball or he'd just kind of, you know, shrug, shrug him off and like, you know, you know, toss the ball while there was a guy about to bring him down. Like Carson doesn't seem like he has any of any of that anymore. You know, it's like you get to him and that's it, man. And there's no 
like escapability anymore. You know, I and think we saw how that caught up to Ben. I mean, how many times was Ben in a walking boot or that there's that famous picture of him yeah. icing his shoulder, icing his knees, icing yeah. his like ankles, icing just, everything. I know he's just I wrapped know. up with his with a bunch of like bandages. And, that and that ice. Washington offense, man, they, they have like they got you know, they Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, they got dudes, man. Yeah, I mean they so and they put up a ton of of yards of offense really, but they just they had him in the shotgun taking these like five step drops and these seven step drops and whatever and like they are not a slow their offense looked slow, not like um because they have slow players, but they look slow mechanically. Mm-hmm. Like get the ball to these dudes in space. Throw throw Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson like a friggin' tunnel screen or something if you if you can't. You know, if you can't block anybody, you it know, it did it's not like, look like a 2022 offense in the NFL that the, no. that the commanders are running. I can't believe how bad they look because I saw the second half of the um, of the game they played against the Lions. And mm-hmm. I know you got to throw to get back in the game. But I mean, like they, they just looked like a completely different team. I thought it was crazy how they were just getting to them without even really sending extra guys. And maybe that was part of the problem, too, because if you're getting to the quarterback with four, you got everybody back there and everybody's covered. You know, because you don't have to sacrifice anything in the defensive backfield to get to get pressure on Carson. You know, like I would love to see actually, I think it comes out tomorrow, Wednesday, when they release the all 22. So you can see, okay, when there's a guy in his face, does he have anybody open downfield? You know, I would, I would reckon that uh, probably wasn't, there probably weren't a lot of openings, you know? Yeah. Hey, Dave, can you pull up the, uh, the picture of, of Nick Sirianni and his uh, Mike Quick jersey? I think that's who it was, right? 82. Um, this is this is hilarious. What what sports radio show does Nikki from the Northeast call into? Is he like a Cataldi guy? Is he more of a Kincaid guy? Is he a Nikes and Reese guy? Is he like he's he kind of gives me some Mike from KOP vibes? Yeah, Mad Mike, Mike from King of Prussia. Um, <laughs> he looks like he he looks like one of the guys who would go to Chickies and Pete's for a live yes. broadcast. I mean, yes. He'll be showing up to the. Uh, to the great birds uh town hall in uh mcgurk's in uh yeah, he'll be at fan fest yeah um he'll be sitting there with uh with herb from the northeast and uh butch from maniunk i just can't believe that's that's the nfl coach that's undefeated that's one of two nfl coaches right now that are undefeated and if you like vince lombardi and tom landry have to be rolling over in their graves right now <laughs> guys who just used to wear suits on the sideline I know, I know. and now nick sirianni's showing up in his best throwback mike quick jersey which is it's i love it it's absolutely amazing the bit continues well what did you like the turnover t-shirt i thought it was funny i thought it was you know just another it's, it's a sirianni bit you know uh, you yeah. just come to if, if you win i've always said this the bits are i don't know they're they're cool but if you lose they're not cool if you win they're awesome I mean, the players seem to like it, you know? Yeah. I mean, all you're really doing is just showing them, like, buy-in, you know, and you, like, believe in them and you trust them and you like them. And, I mean, it's – they actually, like, honestly, if you look at, like, what Sirianni does with that, doesn't that mirror kind of fan behavior oh, in yeah. 2022, you know, where it's all, like, you know, the media kind of sucks and, you know, we're just going to show, like, you know, this this strong support for our guys and we got their mm-hmm. back and whatever. And, like, I, they seem to respond to that and, and <laughs> play play hard and reciprocate and they get the message or whatever. So, I, you know – Far be it from me to like, you know, question anything he does if it's working. I just, I just found like, like the pandering stuff and the wearing the Sixer shit and wearing the Villanova shit or whatever. Like, I mean, it doesn't even have, like you have to do it. I don't care if you like have adopted the Sixers or not. You know, Jalen Hurts can wear his Astros hat for mm-hmm. all I care. I mean, yeah, I was a Cowboys fan. Yeah, you know, so whatever. Did you watch Jason Peters last night? Yeah. Yeah. First play of the game. The first play he was in, they went for like a fifty-yard run. <laughs> <laughs> They found the missing link. <laughs> I know. They, they was, he was a missing piece this entire time. 
Oh, Russ, Russ Joy probably had his like uh, if I blew a gasket or something. Oh yeah, here's a good uh, here's a um, good thing here. The other guy is a nerd too. The Dolphins coach. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, Mike. He's just a huge nerd. He used to not shower until yeah. Wednesdays back in the day because he could get away with not showering. Now he's got to shower uh, four yeah. or five days a week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so like, how would you? How would like? How much do we give credit to Nick Sirianni for this? Because he doesn't call plays. Um. Shane Steichen obviously calls the plays. So is he kind of just like a glue guy? Like, is he an awesome clubhouse guy? Kind of like, you know, I guess Rob Thompson is more involved in the Phillies than. You know, other you know than, than Nick Sirianni, I feel like would be in the Eagles, but that's I don't know what I'm saying there. Um, but I'm just saying, like, is he kind of just like a glue guy? I mean, he, obviously he's going over the offensive strategies and the game plan and stuff, and he's going over like defensive game plan and stuff with with Jonathan Gannon. But is it, it's it's kind of okay to like have that kind of coach? It kind of reminds me of Mike Tomlin in a way, right? Because Mike Tomlin doesn't call plays. I think that's uh, Matt Canada. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually underrated. You know, I think that when you you know, are in charge of people and you have a lot of things that you're responsible for. Sure. I think the natural inclination is to get as involved as, as possible and want to put your hands on as much as possible when you wisen up after a little while and say, Hey, maybe it's, it's uh, better for everybody. If I withdraw myself, you know, knowing when to withdraw versus knowing when to insert, you know, that sounded weird coming out, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> knowing when to insert yourself as yeah. a coach and a leader versus knowing when to pull, pull uh, I almost said pull out. Like why I can't, I can't get through this segment here. Um, he's like however, the, co- he's the CEO who just hires, like, you know, you have your chief financial officer, you have your chief marketing officer, you hire these people to put them in yeah. place to run the business. And then you kind of make all the decisions and it kind of the buck stops with you. Yeah. Or it like, um, anything you do. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, the structure within crossing broad, like there's like very little anybody telling anybody what to do because everybody knows what they're supposed to do and they do a good job at it, you know? So it's like, I, I think when you, I think especially like for football players these days, not just athletes, but like kids who are in their twenties or getting into the workforce now. Um, I think like you show if an employer, a coach, a manager, anybody, whatever it is, Nick Sirianni, your fucking boss, whoever, if you show trust in that person, if you believe in that person and you go hands off and say, hey, I, I believe in what you we hired you for a reason, like you're good at this and you withdraw yourself like people respond positively to that. You know, I mean, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon are here for a reason. So Nick Sirianni can be the glue guy and pull it all together and do more macro stuff. You know, I mean, if you think about it, last year. He was doing all this shit for the first time. He was uh, dealing with the media for the first time. He was a head coach for the first time. He was calling timeouts for the first time. He was calling plays for the first time. I mean, the amount of stuff that he took on his shoulders was immense. So now in, in divvying up the responsibilities and, you know, maybe assigning things, blocking things out differently, like they just seem to be operating a lot, a lot more smoothly than they were. We have five more minutes. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Sixers Media Day. Any takeaways from it? Um I was going to go down, but we, you know, it's like the day after a Eagles win and it was like a 10 in the morning. And I understand hundred percent. Why would the NBA schedule media day the day after a football Sunday? If they had one today, it would be perfect. I mean, no one, no one really talks. I mean, everyone wanted to talk about the games from Sunday. I didn't really see anyone really wanted to talk about, you know, the Sixers, they had some quotes and stuff that we, that we aggregated and put on the site and everything. Yeah. A little bit of an icy exchange between, uh, James Harden and, and Keith Pompey, because when they when uh, the, the beats were tweeting it, I was like, oh, he just, you know, probably laughed and everything. Oh, I see there. And then there was another one that didn't get much pub, but I saw it was like someone asked him beat about uh, 
you know, he's had two MVP back-to-back MVP type seasons and whatnot. You know, how did he really, you know, uh, kind of uh, extend his game f- for the season? And he was like, well, uh, like I said, I just sat on my couch all summer and, and, and didn't work out at all. And like James Harden kind of left. A little bit of icy answers between the uh, between the media and 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 Joel right. and uh, James. I mean, they just seem focused, man. You don't have the yeah. the Ben Simmons thing ho- hovering over anymore. Sure. I mean, there's no real macro level kind of thing. I mean, if you want to look at like the uh, tampering investigation, okay, but the bed players don't really concern themselves with that. You know, it was pretty much a drama free, you know, session or or preseason, right? And they're not even going to be in Philly for camp. They're going down to um, to uh, South Carolina. Oh, they're doing that the whole camp. Yeah, yeah, Sweet. yeah. So we're probably not going to see, you know, there's a couple of reporters traveling with them, but they're like the rest of the part-time group or whatever. Or How do you like that? Why not? I mean, I, I, well, there was fo- focus. I don't know. Yeah. Like just make that a priority, go somewhere different. Yeah. I mean, why not? I like um, I, yeah. I, I didn't have a ton of takeaways from it. You know I mean? I thought they all looked like they're in shape. I mean, they, they told multiple stories about how they had to, uh, guys were working out too much. You know, yeah, they had to kick Maxie out of the gym. They had to kick yeah. Paul Reed out of the gym. You know, so. Yeah, so uh, Sam Cassell yeah. and, and Doc Rivers' uh, uh, son had to literally ask Doc Rivers to get Maxie out of the gym. Yeah, because uh, well, one percent better every day. They're um, deep as shit too, man. I mean, yeah, like, so people, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be, I like the whole South Carolina thing. I mean, go away. They, uh, someone told a story how I think it was Niang told the story how Harden had everybody come over uh, to his house in L.A. and they trained for I want to say about a week. Just you know, that kind of like team bonding stuff seems to seems to go a long way. I will yeah. tell you one thing. I I wrote it. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I'm not believing in this team until mid May. I will not. I will. I will. I will continue to stand back with an arm's length. I've been hurt too many times. I've had my heart ripped out too many times for second round exits. I don't think this team. This team seems to be getting a lot of hype. I don't know why. I mean, I still have, I'm still thinking about James Harden in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think you know they're 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 counting a lot on. Uh, being healthy and whatnot. And I still think there are some holes. Um, I would love to see Tyrese Maxey become an all-star kind of point guard and stuff, but you know, can he take that next leap too? Uh, you know, how much can Joel Embiid stand firm? You know, you can either talk me into it or talk me out of it, but yeah, I'm kind of keeping, you know, an arm's length until late in the season. I got a, I got a three and no birds team to worry about. Well, yeah. And I mean, the NBA regular season is so useless anyway. Yes. I mean, let's be honest, man. There's just so many games and, yeah, you get your measuring stick games against like your Milwaukee's and your Boston's and 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 you know Ben. But then someone sits and you're just like, well, you yeah, can't really measure. Yeah, you got these back to backs and shit like that. Plus, I mean, when the when the you know the, the storyline for the Sixers for the last seven years has been like getting past the second round, so nobody really gives a shit about the regular season anyway. It's like, what are you going to do in the playoffs? You know, if this was different and it was like the the 2016 transitional year coming out of the process where they didn't have expectations. Uh, but they were turning the corner a little like that was fun. And like, you're looking for like significant like moments in the regular season, but now everybody's just kind of whatever with the regular season, because you know, the only thing that matters is, is the playoffs, you know? So I don't know. Now it's not to say that people shouldn't try to enjoy it while, while they're experienced. I mean, like Joel Embiid was doing amazing things for the last two years. So like just sit back and appreciate it and try to be enter- be entertained. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like from a larger perspective, these, these games just don't fucking matter, you know? I- this they could be you could make an argument that they could be comparable to the to the Phillies over the last 11 years like people like you have like your your major major fans now I feel like there are a lot more people who like the Sixers than there are in Phillies um thoughts on Jimmy Butler's hair gotta cut it gotta cut it immediately Jimmy Butler is not a dreads guy he's yeah I don't think it's working he looks scary like scary Mm -hmm. um he's a he's a 
Maybe that's part of the point. I, you know. That's true. Actually, you're right. Yeah. I, I just can't see that. He's going to whip somebody in the face, too. <laughs> Those <laughs> things are long yeah. as shit. Yeah, they are. I don't know how he got them so long in a short amount of time, you know? Um, but the thing is, like, I, I think, I think, I think the, I think the Sixers are bordering on, on Philly's territory a little bit, mm. kind of this weird purgatory the second round. I didn't know that. Well, listen, and and yeah, we got the Flyers too. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll have them. You'll have behind the scenes of Torch just absolutely murdering people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, put- I think I'm I'm close to mandate. I think we might do this thing on the site where every single Flyers uh, story we write. This year, I think we're going to use the image of the guy with the bag over his head. Probably should for every single. It's like when we do the Ben Simmons, <laughs> the Ben Simmons thing, and it's it's him at uh him at practice with the sweatshirt. The white, yeah, the white sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, if anyone didn't see that, we're going behind the scenes of the Flyers training uh-huh. camp. So we're going to see how many casualties Torts can make. I mean, that yeah. dude is he yeah. is on a freaking warpath. They did an hour and a half of scrimmaging and drills, and he put him through a skate gauntlet. They beat up on uh on the Bruins, I want to say last week, yep. they're going through a skating gauntlet again the next day. I mean, this guy is on an absolute war path. And that's why I, this is what I told Russ. I said the first five games, you bet the Flyers money line because they're going to come out faster, stronger, more prepared yeah. than anyone else because they just went through an absolute hell of a camp. And some guys, you know, they play the Lightning. Um, I think they play the Panthers, a couple of playoff teams that are probably aren't going to have as tough or are not going to have as tough of camps. Torts, listen, man, say, say what you will about the Flyers town, but for at least for the first part of the season, Torts is going to have these bums skating hard, blocking shots, getting pucks in deep, you know? I mean, eventually I'll catch up to them, but I mean, yeah, it's, you know, Torts you is the, my, now my favorite guy in the Flyers organization. Did you see the Bedard goal over the weekend? Sick. I mean... Tank hard for Bedard. You gotta tank for Bedard. <laughs> Bag it to bro. <laughs> like, this is not the time to be hiring John Tortorella to get the most out of your team when you have a once in a lifetime generational talent going through the defense, deeks through his legs, and and pops it uh, net side. What, what do they call that? When we used to put it in the corner of the net, not high post. That's soccer. Top shelf. Top shelf. Go top shelf. In Regina, Canada. Let me find this article. I did a a shit post over the summer about uh, what Flyers slogan we're going to use this year. Um, hang on, let me see if I. Oh, here it is. Okay, some ideas for a hashtag for a Flyers hashtag for this year. Okay, tank hard for Bedard. It's an easy one. Bag it to broad. Uh, Bedard on broad. Uh, hmm. a, a yawner for Connor. Um, blowing it for Bedard, bag it for Bedard, uh, scarred for Bedard, high regard for Bedard. Uh, don't tr- don't try hard for Bedard. Okay. Um, absolutely blow for Bedard. Um, I gotta say, I like tank hard for Bedard. I think I like tank hard for Bedard yeah. too. Bag it to Broad's a good one though. Maybe we can use those uh, interchangeably here. Hashtag bag it to Broad. Um, let's get it trending. Yeah, I don't have any off the top of my head. <laughs> that was fun with Ross, though. I didn't get to do my top 10 Berks County towns, but that's all right. We'll save that. I know. We only had it for 20 minutes. It was a quick tw- 20 minutes, man. It's not a long time. We'll get Harry May. We'll get uh, Berks County native Harry Mays on the podcast one of these days. We'll save the the graphic of the uh, top 10 Berks County towns, and we can go over What is Berks that. County, the uh, the sports media, uh, like Delco, is the uh, referee capital yeah. of the NBA? Oh, yeah, we've produced some like, yeah, it's there's only like 400,000 people who live in Berks County, but low key pushing out some good talent. Damn. 
love, love to see it. Um, anything else? No, I don't think so, man. Um, I'm working on this data dive for the Eagles game today. I'm going to do a review of the new uh, post game show, Eagles post game live for I almost said Comcast Sportsnet for NBC Sports Philadelphia, and uh, I'm just going to keep the uh, content train rolling, man. It's easy when the Eagles are three and up, man. This shit writes itself. It really does. Yeah. It's fun. It feels like 2017 all over again, man. Everything you, I mean, you throw anything Eagles up on the site right now, it's just bang, you know. Well, you just write shit right now on the Eagles, like just, just, yeah. just have a headline and then just write two yeah. paragraphs just saying the word shit, and it would do a couple thousand hits. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. Uh, oh, you know what? We brought, we had, uh, we brought, um, maybe we'll save this for next time, but we brought to a close the Jeff Skaversky investigation. He officially announced that he was leaving um, nine months after he last appeared on uh, Action News. Um, I think he's got a new gig lined up, but I'm not sure where it is. It's a did new you, TV gig. You were out. Did you see Taryn's tweet? Taryn Hatcher? No, what did she say? She's like, I just want to let you guys all know that I'm not going to be on Flyers post game and pregame this year. I'm excited to tell you what I'm what's lined up next. It took everything in my power not to be like, hey, uh, here's here's what you're up to next, and just and just link your uh, yeah your blog above the yeah. above the tweet. That that, however, for her, okay, is a, uh, is like a promotion, right? Sure, I, 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 don't I, know. I guess. I mean, she's not going to be doing the Flyers. Um, Desk. She's not going to be on the desk for the Flyers pregame, postgame, but doing sideline reporting for the Sixers and the Phillies. And then I, I think they would probably still have her doing some of the Eagles stuff, like moving from hockey to basketball and, and baseball. It's got to be like a step up, right? Well, it's a promotion because she's not going to have to report on the Flyers. Um, well, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Flyers. I don't have her. Ta- I don't have her taxes in my in, 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 on my no. computer, but I don't know. Um, that's how I no, I mean, because that's what I thought. I mean, I don't know if that's what she wants to do or if they're moving her to to move her. But I I, I thought that was a a big. Sh- the sport gets more eyeballs, more people watch a game. So I don't know. I mean, I'd rather be a sideline reporter than a pre and post game person. As a young person, I think as an older person, you'd like a bar can, you'd like rather be a Ricky Bow, you'd rather be post game and pregame, Amy Fadul. I think yeah. as a young person, I'm just thinking off of like NESN, like NESN always had like, I feel like, like Jamie Erdahl, um, they had a couple other people who started as uh, sideline reporters for, for NESN and they always, I think Katie, uh, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, used to be a part of that too. She's a Boston Katie girl, Katie Nolan. Yeah, I think yeah, she okay. was on, or she yeah. was on NBC Sports. Um, also, the girl who was on NFL Network, um, Kay Adams. Kay she Adams. was in Boston yeah. on on NBC yeah. Sports. Jamie Sports. Jamie Erdov's do has yeah replaced Kay Adams on Good yeah. Morning Football, and that that like they just keep like finding like really good people for that show. Mm-hmm. Man. I we didn't even get to ask Ross about it, but Kyle Brandt was his college roommate. Yeah. At Princeton, you know, it's funny because they're both the same guy. They're both like energetic. Um, <laughs> they really are. Love, love, just meatheads just bashing themselves. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, God, man, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying this because like, dude, just came on our show. But like, I listen to like Mark Schlereff four times a year. Like, you can't tell me that. Like, are you really like gonna sit here and tell me that like a guy like Mark Schlereff is any better than Ross Tucker or Colin McKean? <laughs> Ross during the pre. Seriously, answer, was- answer the question. What? Do you think there's any difference between like your your Mark Schlereths of the world and like your uh, Chris uh, guy who was the linebacker for the Lions who called a bunch of games for the Eagles? Like I think I, honestly I think Ross is just as good as any of those guys. Well, it's funny. I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I like Mark Schlereth. Don't get me wrong. He does break down. But you, you've mentioned this. He does break down the offensive line play very well. Yeah. Um, but that's really all. That's really all he does. He provides color for for offensive line play. Yeah. Um, but Ross telling 
Ross telling his his color analyst that he wanted to punch anyone in the face who didn't like preseason football. Like that's a football guy right there. That he is who did the door in the Browns game. Like the guy wants to punch people in the face yeah, right. for not yeah. loving preseason football. Which I guess I'll take. I'll just I'll take a meat hook right from uh, <laughs> from Ross Tucker because I'm in that group. Yeah. No um, lack of excitement though. The only other thing was the Josh Tolentino versus Glenn Matt oh, thing, but that was from the weekend. So awesome, awesome fucking clap back from Josh Tolentino. You complained yeah, about didn't... everything, or what did he, what did you call him? Oh, he he called him an old head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, it's funny to me, and and so just the background here, like Glenn Glenn didn't like the the um photo that they used for the Inquirer cover on Sunday because there's another thing of gun violence and it showed like a mother and a father grieving, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the Inquirer people grieving. got back to him and said that like, hey, they gave us permission to use this, whatever. I was more interested in, yeah. interesting because the, Inqu- the Inquirer writers usually stay pretty straight, like they don't get into like the squabbles and the spats and shit like that. So Josh, who's been doing it for well, a year and a half now, yeah, went after him pretty hard. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was unexpected, but you know, um, yeah. Maybe a maybe a new feud there, Ra- radio versus print. Yeah, you just complain about shit. Is that digital wars? It's 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 not even that great of a comeback. But like you just said, when a guy like gets out of his box for a second, and he's not just like writing about the Eagles and breaking down the Eagles and stuff, yeah. and he's actually like shows a personality. It's like, oh, that was an awesome comeback. When really very like interesting. There's about. never yeah, there's never a uh, dull moment. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, Philly mm-hmm. media. Glenn so. Macdell, better watch out. Those Inquirer reporters got a nice little right eye here. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, Les Bowen and uh, you know, and uh, Jeff McClain. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because uh, I realize we're going long here, but um, yeah, my charger just fell out too. It was an almost in the head, uh, okay. but go ahead. Sorry, right? Uh, Glenn and Ray Dinger before he retired, they they spoke openly on their uh, radio show about how they felt like um, the inquirers. Um, product and their operations were a little bit less than what they expect, you know, and that goes along with some of the stuff that written down and docu- documented, like, hey, they got editors now who don't even live in Philadelphia, you know, and they they bought out all the old white dudes or whatever. Did they lose institutional knowledge? I, you know, this is the questions we've been asking, but we we're really the only ones who were talking about any of that stuff. And then Glenn and Ray started bringing it up. So, uh, but I haven't really heard any other people be vocal about the, um, about the inquire stuff beyond the, those two and what we've written about it on the site. So, yeah, I mean, Kyle used to go after Marcus Hayes. I think every once, every, uh, once every week during Eagle season. Yeah. Probably more. Probably more. Yeah. Um, yeah. OG thing is still in the, the media, <laughs> the media gallery too. <laughs> crossing. Bro. That was always a really good Photoshop. Uh, um, yeah. All right. I got nothing else. So right. uh, we'll wrap it up. I'm not here Thursday. Me neither. Kevin, wait, what? No, I got. I'm doing the union thing. I'm doing the union uh, media day. Are we just off Thursday? Yeah. How about we just do? Or we could ask Russ if he wants to do the show. I ask the fans. The fans want Russ to do the show. Yeah. Quickly throw out some comments. Do you want Russ to do the show? Do you want Bob Wankel to do the show? Do you want Dave, the producer behind the scenes, to do the show? Yeah. Or do you want no show? (laughs) Yeah. Or do you want no show? (laughs) We'll do whatever the fans want to do. We're here. First person that that comments. Yeah. 10 people someone comment <laughs> you want kyle probably scott and adam dude, lefko to come back probably some dude who went to make a sandwich and just left it up i see them logging off now as they go to this. all right we'll figure it out maybe we'll get somebody to do a show on thursday and if not then we'll see you on tuesday all right all right everybody have a good rest of the day have a good weekend if we don't talk to you but if they do talk to you bumpy jonas wants russ okay bumpy jonas wins russ um all right well that's the show we will uh we, we Russ will talk to you Thursday. <laughs>
Russ can do it.